Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 16, and our recommendations on 61st Street, Death on the Nile, Moon Knight, and more. Hi, Margaret. How are you today? I'm wonderful, Diana. <laughs> How are you? I'm wonderful, too. Good. I have my question of the day for you. Yeah. And I actually put out a poll on this. So do you <gasps> want to hear the poll results first or do you want to give me your answer first? No, I want to give you my answer first. Okay. And then I want to hear yours and then you can tell me what the other people think. Okay, that's true. Let's do it that way. Okay, so which Walking <laughs> Dead character this season has had the biggest revelation? Oh my God, that is so... So hard, because if you want to base it just on the last, you know, the most recent episode, you have to say Maggie. But I think it's Eugene. I think Eugene really has had the biggest revelation because he's, you know, dabbling with this love life. He's, you know, trying to fit in a little bit better in a society that is, you know, that he would never because he's such a nerd. He would never fit into. So I think I think Eugene really has grown the most over this whole this whole season. I mean, it's not even over yet, right? The season's not even over. I know. It's not. So wh who do you think? Oh, gosh. It's hard because I thought the same thing that you did. It was like, oh, oh the last episode we saw, it could be Maggie. Then I thought yeah. of little Herschel figuring out that Negan was the person that killed his father. Oh. And mm. then I thought of Daryl because here he sees Leah, his love interest, come back. Two times, right, as the Reaper, because he didn't yeah. know that either. He didn't know she was a Reaper. <laughs> he just thought she right. was gone. And then here she comes <laughs> as a Reaper, and then now he has to kill her. And so he's gone through a lot, too. But then, of course, Eugene, um, gosh, it's kind of a toss-up thinking about that right now between what I just said about Daryl, but also about Eugene, because he was sleeping in bed next to a woman. <laughs> that he thought was <laughs> this woman he was talking yeah. about. Also, I think his mind was just blown. So I think when it comes to having your mind blown and, you know, having the biggest revelation, then yes, I would agree with you that it would be Eugene. So my <sighs> poll results are... Yeah, are what? They were between four people. So it was basically oh. the four that we just spoke about. So it was Eugene, really? Herschel, Daryl, and Maggie. And Daryl had 21%. Maggie had 22%. And oh. Eugene had 57%. So they have chosen Eugene as the oh, character. Oh, so it's Eugene. See? Yeah. Yeah. That has had the biggest revelation. All right. Friends out there, let us know what you think. You can leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. The links are in our show notes. I want to bring something up because I read it. I actually put out a blog post on the website after I watched the finale, and I was doing some research and looking at what other people were saying out there. And uh, someone mentioned that this is the last mid-season finale of The Walking Dead. And I had to mm -hmm. stop and think about that for a moment. 
I don't know why it hit me. I'm like, oh my God, it's really nearing the end. This whole Walking Dead, it's just slowly getting there. And I know we kind of talked about it, I think, last week. Um, but starting to hit, oh, because we were talking about how they filmed the last uh, they finished filming. They they wrapped for filming The Walking Dead. And so mm-hmm. that was something yeah. we had spoke about last week. And so now I'm like, oh, this is the last mid-season finale. So it's kind of hitting me. I'm glad we have a little more time, but it's starting to hit me. So episode 16 is entitled Acts of God. And in this episode, a locust swarm is buzzing, which adds to the growing intensity we see in this episode leading into the battle between Maggie and Leah. And it's filled with badass moments and pivotal moments from our group. Lance seems to become two-faced and flipping coins, and we see a powerful moment between Maggie and Negan, all of it setting up the trajectory of our characters, their stories, and the remaining eight episodes of season 11. So Margaret, tell me, what did you think of this episode? Well, when it started with the locusts, actually, if you if you are even kind of aware, the lead in before they do the credits was really short. And it was just locusts. And I thought, oh, no, it's the end of the world. It's the plague. You know, here we go. It's the end of the world kind of thing. Because those are one of that's one of the things. <laughs> yeah. And so then I immediately Googled it to just just double check because I'm not a religious individual. And that's kind of what it was saying is that it's, um, you know, takes over and wipes everything out. Destruction, devastation. So that's what we could anticipate. I did not see the title, but that obviously ties. I'm really appreciating the titles reflecting what actually is going on in the episodes. So this was another one of those things with the uh, locusts. So I thought it was really kind of cool um, to have that be the like the outside effector or element that they all had to deal with, aside from dealing with what was right in front of their face, too, as far as the fighting and the, the just contradictory actions that were happening with Lance flipping the coin, deciding, oh, should we do this or should we do that? I mean, 50-50, it's like, can you not make up your mind? I mean, he's trivializing every single movement, every single thought or action mm-hmm. that the whole group is having by just heads or tails. You know, it's like a freaking game, right? When you you flip a coin for the basketball, for the yeah. toss, for, you know, all that stuff. Who gets it kind of thing. So, but I liked that. I liked the episode because there was a lot of stuff that was um, revealed, um, concluded, and then a lot of things that were just implied to hang in there and wait for the next <laughs> the three out of three for the season. So I'm looking forward to that. Did right. you have any anything else? I mean, different? Well, I just wanted to bring up the locusts because I kept thinking something more was going to happen with them. I, I had to let that soak in. For a bit, because I'm like, what's happening with the locusts? What's happening with the locusts? And then nothing really ended up happening specifically. But yeah. uh, at one point, Negan said, it's a sign from the man upstairs. And but then I thought, well, would it le- is this going to continue? Will this lead to something? Will they attack vegetation? Will um, the Commonwealth be brought down by 
not be, you know, they haven't experienced any of this, right? I mean, our group has been out there surviving every single day and not having food. So I wondered if this was going to continue or if this was just pertaining to this particular episode, just signifying that this is the end of something. Yeah. Hopefully not the, beginning the world. beginning of the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Or, or life as, they, as the Commonwealth knows it, mm. right? So I don't know. I don't know. I just thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, like a shift. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I wanted to bring up Maggie because I would say this last season, I see her, her change as a leader and having so much strength. I've, I've seen her grow as an actress also. And I thought in this episode, I really appreciated both the character and the actress. I saw all the challenges and life has, has, you know, uh, taken a toll on her and the strength that she has to call upon to keep going. The fact that she tells little Herschel, look, you aren't going to like where you're going, but it's the best thing for you right now. And she has to be a parent and love her child and put that above her pride and how she feels like about Negan or anything else. And mm-hmm. so I just I just think uh she shifted a lot in this in this last few episodes, but probably this whole section. In this episode, I liked seeing her with Negan. Um she was so appreciative and she was also very vulnerable. And then with her with Leah I see her so strong, strategic, and fierce, and I just thought that fight was so intense between her and mm-hmm. Leah, and it reminded me of Rick, and I think I've mentioned that before, too, that she reminds yeah. me sometimes of Rick. Like, when Leah had her down on the ground, punching her, punching her, punching her, I thought Rick has been punched like that before. He's been choked by the governor uh just different people have done things to him. And so when Leah had that knife, you know, about to kill her, I thought, oh, my God, why is it yeah. that our heroes are always in this <laughs> um, position <laughs> where they're almost about to die until somebody comes in? Like yeah. Michonne helped Rick at that point, right, when he was being choked to death. And now here mm-hmm. Daryl is helping Maggie. And that's when Daryl shoots Leah in the head, which was huge. And he had no second thoughts. And he was just protecting his family. And also, Daryl shoots Hornsby grazing his face. So I don't know how he missed him. He should have been able to kill him. I was surprised. I thought he took him out. I really did. Well, I didn't see this part. But somebody said the window, something about the window got in the way. I'm like, I didn't even see the shot. So I don't know if somebody saw that the window made it ricochet or something. I'm like, what? I'm just saying so. what I read. I have no idea. Yeah. No, I thought he it, he had to go out the window, but I think I don't I didn't see that it bounced off anything in the window. Yeah. All right, Margaret, what else did you see in this episode? Oh, man. I I was really honestly very surprised that Leah was taken out so quickly because she only came back for two episodes, like half of last week, not even half, like, you know, minutes. And then this episode, so she was in it. So that was a little disappointing, I'm sure, for her as an actress, <laughs> knowing that her job was done because she's dead. I, it, but she, the role is has so much impact that, um, you know, it's it was this. I I I wonder or, or loved the whole tense 
not because of the the locusts making their noise, because you didn't see anybody, you just heard them. So really, I mean, it added to another dimension, but it also was eh, a little empty because you never saw them. And um, I liked the fact that she was chasing Maggie. You know, she's going to get her man regardless. And she made it through that explosion, surprisingly. But she took out yeah. that kid. But I knew that kid was going to get killed because he stood up with his big shit-ass whatever grin on his face. And you're like, yep, you're dead. Boom, dead. Shit-eating grin. Shit-eating grin, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, and I'd never seen him before. I watched one of the talking dead, you know, after The Walking Dead. And then I watched that last night, and I thought it was really kind of funny, interesting, because everybody was so, so sad. The energy, these, I mean, for Daryl, because, yeah. he, you know, he had really emotional um, yeah. commitment to this whole series. And then, and then Hornsby was really kind of funny. Yeah, that guy, I whatever really his liked name him. Is, yes. He's he's very quick-witted, so it was kind of I mean, he's the one who was really kind of making jokes through the whole thing. So, it yeah. was interesting um just to hear them talk about closing and ending, you know, completely ending because they wrapped filming for the whole deal like you had said right. last week previously. But um it's funny because you know, you look at these people as people and then how they play their characters. Hornsby flipping a coin, like I said earlier, to decide whether he should go left or go right, you know, or you go here and you go there. I mean, it just, it's crazy. There's no sense to it at all. So that became so much more apparent in this episode, how off he is. And yeah, again, I have to wonder if his team is going to actually support him. And yet at the end of the show... They're just like Hitler did with the banners. They're unraveling the banners at each of the communities. And they've got these people lined up with their hands behind their backs. And they're going to, you know, in a lineup with the guys with the guns. And you're like, oh, my God, what are they going to do? Are they going to kill every, you know, just, you know, annihilate everybody? I mean, what's happening? Yeah, I felt the same way about that. Yeah, I wondered about them because they were hanging those Oh, yeah. Drapes and taking them all. But I wasn't sure. At first, when I saw Oceanside, I wasn't even sure it was them. I thought it could have been our people at the Commonwealth for just a split second. And then I realized, oh, no, it's the Oceanside people. And the fact that he was flipping that coin. And I thought, oh, wow. Yeah. What is he doing? And then I realized it was he could be determining their fate. Exactly. Which is like crazy. I mean, he's, he's kind of gone off the deep end. And, and I think that that whole two-faced thing happened right then, too, right? He's like, uh, he's just on a rampage. He was mad at Leah for allowing some of his people to be killed. And then, you know, now he's just pissed. And that's why he's like, I'm taking over the communities. Hey, I want to bring in a side note here. So did Maggie only have four people at Hilltop? Where are the other Hilltop people? Did they all leave? I, I don't understand where those people were. I Well, I think, well, with Herschel, I think they're all underground yeah. with, what's his face, with Negan's group. What do we call those people? The Riverbend people? I don't know. Okay. But I, I know there's not a lot of people left at Hilltop, but I thought, where are the people that, you know, you consider your people? <laughs> I don't know. I was just people. really curious I, about that. Yeah. I Yeah, I just kind of assumed everybody ended up there, and then Herschel was the mm. last delivery because they were, you know, trying to clean up and he wanted to stay with her too. So, yeah. 
But why would they trek so far? But it really didn't feel like it was that far because it didn't take them long to get to the cabin. Oh, yeah. He said, we can get there by nightfall if we hurry it up. That's what Elijah told Maggie when they were setting off to go there. So it made it sound like it was a bit of a trek to get oh. to where they were going. Oh. So I don't know. I don't but know. anyway, hopefully there's more hilltop people. I don't know. I guess the other thing that really kind of was sort of underplayed an awful lot was just Max and Pam in the office and then her finding the notes and then Sebastian coming in and f like he was on something like vibrating. Yeah. And and then he didn't even notice and she was all freaked out and he but he didn't I even know. notice and she really had no reason to be freaked out because he wouldn't notice anyway because it's not how he's wired. He doesn't look at anybody else except himself. So but it was interesting um, that she was able to get out with that stuff and then, you know, present it to the team. All the people who were not involved on the outside, you know, the rest of the cast. I guess everybody mm -hmm. had to have a cameo for that episode since the mid-season <laughs> mid finale. Yeah. But um, I didn't – I don't know. It's like they just kind – that was sort of a disposable um, scene almost because they didn't really – decide anything so that's still up in the air and then at the very end carol with the two girls look and i couldn't tell i didn't know they were at you know commonwealth because it looked like um that other location that they had you know the walled city when they first left the prison and then they found that other place alexandria the name. okay <laughs> I, I, yes, I think it was Alexandria and they, you know, brand new like townhouses and, you know, state of the art kitchen and just beautiful on yeah. the inside. And that's how that looked where Carol was with the two girls. And then they heard all the stuff going on in the street. So that was the feeder for the article that was published. But how could that article have been published unless it was published by the underground people, the people who are rebelling, right? I wondered that too. I wondered that also. I thought, who published this? I don't know that yeah. it was where Connie works. And no, I wondered if it was the underground people. Yeah. So. And those are the same people out in the street. So then you also have that whole list of people, hundreds of people, according to what they said, which is what she snuck out. And it's like, so are those all the underground people and they've been banished or they dead or were they, you know, sent on little tasks that they knew nobody, they would never come back from? I mean, yeah, right. So who are the people in the street? True. I didn't think about that so, part. But I don't think at this point, I think that Max and Eugene are a thing. So she's not even going to think twice about revealing anything or helping to undo the people in him because Pam with that look that she gave when Max said, Oh, we could take the extra money. We can, you know, yeah. set up the thing for the kid. And Pam's like, Oh no, it's got to go back into the system. <laughs> Pretty much. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a real turning point. I think Max was trying to test if yeah. she was making maybe the right decision and she's like, Oh, I am making the right decision. Yeah. She's not going to yeah. listen to me. She's not going to do Anything that I care. hope that she would do. Right. Yeah, she doesn't care. And so I think Max is all, yep, this is the route I'm going. These are my people now. And I, yeah, I thought it was really <laughs> cute between her and Eugene. I really did. I loved how she was, you know, reading the 
what book was it on? Physics. I think it was physics. Yeah, physics book. And uh, he just yeah. tells her, you know, in a Eugene way of what a perfect person she is. So I thought it was just really cute. And she, her response was so genuine. I'm like, I really like Max, the actress who plays Max. Yeah, she's, she's a good actress. really good. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, really afraid that Sebastian was going to find her out because, of course, we didn't know you know, in other scenes, we can tell, well, that person will probably make it, this and that. But like, or I'm like, oh, my God, because he had a look on his face when he looked at the papers. I'm like, is he going to turn this way or is he going to go yeah. this way? I'm like, oh, thank yeah. God you didn't. Uh, I think he was drunk is what I thought he was, but I'm not really sure. I know for sure self-absorbed. But uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was... Uh, yeah, that was sort of a, a little an intense scene for her. But yeah, it was at least good to see what the Commonwealth are up to and what they are working on there. But it makes me worried for all of them in the sense that what has happened to our group out here, like how is Lance going to respond to, you know, our group of people at the Commonwealth? Because Daryl's not going to come back. And what's Carol going to do? Carol's going to be like, where the heck is Daryl? So yeah. This is going to collide here. We're going to see something big when it comes back. It's not going to be the same anymore. No, but I don't honestly, if they really strategic, and they're very strategic people, if they think about it, they don't have a chance in hell at beating the Commonwealth people because the numbers, they have the numbers. They don't have, you know, the... The Walking Dead people, the original people, the cast, they don't have the numbers. They only have good fighters, but, you know, it doesn't take much to take somebody right. out. So right. they should just run is what I think they should do. Well, but I think something's going to happen with maybe the community, those people that you said that were outside, maybe the community yeah. is bigger than we think. Like maybe once this is out, people will be outraged and they will be on the side of whoever leads them. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't either. It's hard to they know. To. It's hard to know. Something's going to happen. I don't know what it is. I think that Go they ahead. would have to corral all of the walking dead people, you know, the zombies and spill them into the streets in order to, you know, shift it completely. Like that's usually the tactic everybody takes, right? They they get yeah. a horde together yeah. and then they let them loose because there's right. no way you can defend against thousands because there's 50,000 people in the Commonwealth. That's said. true. Yeah. That's an awful lot of people. And we don't even know what the square footage or square footage, the area is that that encompasses for 50,000 people. That's a lot of people. But it's not the people that they have to overtake. It's the people in power. Yes, but they, I mean, do you really want another analogy with present day? Just cut, we take out our political system and the people still are out there that support that political system. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. so I, I, I think there's still believers that think they're, their way is the right way, regardless of what they're doing, because they're yeah. still living better than they ever were. And I think that's right. that's the thing they have to to wrestle with is, will it be better if we're not in a situation like this? If we're out there on our own or we try to do our own thing, we don't we don't know how to fight. We don't know how to get our food. We like to pay yeah. for our ice cream, you know, all that stuff, all the luxuries that they have. They don't want to lose. Yeah, but those things may not change. Depend. I mean, it really depends on who's leading them and what they're 
belief is, but it could be that maybe it's just a, their life doesn't change very much, or maybe their life changes for the better because I think there are people that aren't happy. We just haven't seen them all yet. Just like right, Mercer right. and, and Max and, you know, other people. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know what the consensus of all the other people are, all those other citizens there. But yeah, we're going to find out. We're going to find out when it yes. comes back. All right, Margaret, <laughs> what other thoughts or tidbits did you have on this episode? I, I, so the whole, this, this whole, and I'm, like I said, never really paid attention to titles of the episodes versus what's actually happening. But I really feel like there's a theme going on with each episode and it's kind of building toward, um, like having an epiphany for everybody because, you know, the, the Negan and Maggie thing, now they kind of trust each other. I mean, it's really on her because I think he's kind of an open book. And, um, I think he, he trusts Maggie. He's trying to prove that he is not the villain that he used to be. And, um, I thought it was really interesting because she did trust Herschel to him. And just the, the whole Hornsby and the, the expansion and just his head is getting way too big for, you know, his importance. I mean, I don't know what's fueling that because you didn't really see enough between him and Pam because Pam's supposed to be in control. Right. So, right. And here he is, yeah. he's the one, the general out there grabbing all this stuff. So it's kind of, we haven't seen enough between the two of them to really fully understand that she's given him this, this power, or is he just taking this power and right. not telling right. her? So that, that has to, for me, has to play out a little bit more. Um, and just, you know, Eugene and Max, of course, they're, they're now this thing. So hopefully nothing will happen for a couple episodes, um, in the future <laughs> between them. I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to die in that too some, but probably. And then, um, I did. And again, you know, the Connie thing, I feel like that was just sort of a dismissive sort of thing. And they did, they just have too much content to try to squeeze into an episode. And, um, because they just have so much more storytelling to, to, to do. And I just thought it was really interesting just seeing how everything is, everything's up in the air. A few things were resolved, but it's like, it's just kind of out of control right now with a lot of what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. Because so many mm-hmm. things have been put in place to, or set up to happen. Yes. And I don't know how it's going to go. So, and I don't even know, are they using the comic books anymore for like some of yes. the storyline? Or is it just the I characters so. and the relationships? So no, get the comic I think book there is. and then you'll know how it ends. Well, wow. I don't know. that, But the thing is, we don't always know if they're going by, they pick and choose what they're going to use. Yeah. So we just don't know what they're picking and choosing. You know, I really enjoyed the fighting at the junkyard with Daryl and Aaron and Father Gabriel. Mm -hmm. That Again, Mm -hmm. I really like seeing them skilled. And of course, they're skilled. They've come this far. They've been out there for so long. But I like seeing it. I like seeing it in play. I like seeing it work. I loved how they talked to each other in the house. And then they came out and they all looked at each other and they could sense that the troopers were going to turn on them at that moment. And then but they shot first and yeah. father Gabriel came out with a knife and stabbed some guy and knocked him down. And I, it was just so, you know, and Aaron was shot. He's tying himself up and then he grabs the yeah. gun and he's, you know, using his other. That was a, 
weapon arm to hold it up. It was just like everybody yeah. just looks so good. I was like, you guys are so, and I know I keep using it, but it's so true. They're so badass. They are. They're so yeah. badass the way they do this. And and then how Daryl came to that trooper and said, you know, tell us where Hornsby's at. He's all, I'm not going to tell you. And then here comes the walkers limping, you know, along. They're like, did it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's all, you know, you got the choice. And so then the guy tells them and then he, you know, he goes ahead and shoots them so that the walkers don't get him. A mercy kill. (laughs) Yeah, it was a mercy kill. So it's either you're going to get eaten by them or I'm going to shoot you. Which one do you want? But I just, yeah, I just love the whole scene. I thought it was just uh, uh, really cool. And then I also liked when um, after Daryl had shot Leah and Hornsby and then the music that played in as Maggie emerged and Daryl emerged, she was so bloody and she looked so tired, exhausted. And then we see Father Gabriel and Aaron and they all just kind of walk through that field. I just really loved that shot. I thought it was a really cool shot. I thought the music was really mm-hmm. good. I liked that too. Yeah. And I think that music, I'm not sure if this is when. Oh, but I do want to say the shot was beautiful and it was moving and it felt like a band of brothers. Like they were just, they had just been through war. They had just been through war Mm -hmm. or a battle and kind of just gaining their composure. I have to, well, I have to agree with the whole field shot because for me, that, that was the culmination of all of their efforts. They were back together. Even though yeah. they had very differing viewpoints on where they should be and how they should operate, they right. were they were united in fight. So I I think they will not be broken from this point forward. Yeah, I love that. But there wasn't anybody from the seaside or oceanside right? or oceanside. <laughs> no, but you would think that there should be somebody representative from there too. But. Um, you know, to fully get the, unless that's to come. So we're seeing the group <gasps> build back, right? What? I know who we haven't seen. We haven't who? seen Virgil. What happened to Virgil? I don't know. He, yeah. <laughs> now I know Luke has been not shown and I, that's because he's out doing the the Dumbledore movie. But uh, so Luke hasn't been shown. <laughs> The actor's actually acting. (laughs) Yeah. So Luke hasn't been shown, but where is Virgil? I think that's odd that we haven't seen him. They haven't even referenced him. But who is he? Who is he associated with? What group? Well, he was last with Connie and them. I mean, he was the one. Virgil's the one that that was with, uh, that brought Connie. Remember he saved, well, I don't know, he saved Connie, but he found Connie on the road and oh, they went to the yeah. house together. Yeah, the really and cool they, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So he oh. was with her. So like, where is he? Hmm. We haven't seen him. That's very interesting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right, Margaret, hmm. let's get to our, and the award goes to, what was your favorite quote, character, or moment? Well, I really, I, I appreciate I appreciate all of the camera work that is done on this thing and then this time it was not just the camera work but it was also the fight choreography because it was really well done throughout but I thought that the Maggie and the Leah thing was really really good those they those two were so into it it was amazing and I I knew Daryl was gonna shoot Leah I mean before it happened because he's out there looking for Maggie 
you know, yeah. and then you see him see the, you know, approach the house and you know, it's a done. A, didn't you see that? Or did I imagine that? I don't know, but I knew he was going to take her out, but there should have been some sort of a, do I do it? Do I not do it? So I guess that whole scene, that whole two minute, you know, three minute action, I thought was pretty good because it was not, um, it was very believable and they were mm-hmm. very engaged. And, um, the, again, the camera work, the camera work is just shifting. They're becoming so creative with how they're depicting a lot of these kills and just the perspective and just the angles and the lighting. It's just, oh, it's going to be, they're coming into this whole new, um, elevated way of shooting this thing. And it's going to be sad because it's so inspiring, you know, for somebody who is a visual person and that actually see all this stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. not just dry, straight-on shots. It's angles. It's looking down. It's all over the place. So between all of the production work and then the editing, obviously, and then the actual actors engaging in the fighting, I thought was really, really on point this time. Mm-hmm. So, and I know we've talked about that because you you were impressed with Maggie and her fighting skills um, in the previous episodes, but, uh, this, this right. I thought was good because it was woman versus woman. So it was a little more yeah. matched. Exactly. So, but how did, what did you, I mean, was that one of yours or cause you're a Maggie fan. So I, I have become a Maggie fan. <laughs> um, I do, I do love, I did love that part. I did. But what stood out to me was the scene between her and Negan. Mm. And I love that she chooses protection for her son over pride, which I had mentioned earlier. And mm-hmm. uh, she tells Negan, you saved him at Riverbend. What else happens and has happened, I will never forget that. And he says to her, you've got big balls, Maggie Ree. And man, he says it so almost like he's very emotional when he says it. She's not forgiving him. And we did hear that on The Talking Dead. She says, I have not forgiven him. And we are not BFFs in Isle of the Dead. But at the same time, I feel like for him, it was, um, it was just a step toward for him, probably feeling like, okay, maybe she's not going to kill me if I turn around. Oh, yeah. I don't think, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know you don't think she would, but he still probably has that in his head, right? Not feeling good about that. But I think the fact that, yeah, she entrusted her son to him and he said, oh, and then he tells her, I've got you and I've got your boy. Just that whole scene between them. I just loved it. It was really good. And so (laughs) that is my favorite scene Mm. in that episode. Okay, so tell me one thing you learned in this episode and what you're looking forward to in The Walking Dead. I think that the most blatant thing to me was that they still are all very dependent upon each other and very tied to each other, regardless of what has come in between, you know, two seasons ago and present day in the in the show. So it just shows that the ties are really, really strong. That the, you know, like I said, all of the episodes, like the trust, the God, the whole, you know, all of that stuff is to me pointing toward them coming back together as a group. So that's what I learned from the episode. And then what I want to see is what's going to happen with Hornsby, with Pam, 
you know, are they going to, is she and her, are she and his, her son going to be jailed for what they did? And then Hornsby will be hanged. I mean, how is this going to end for them? Because we know it's going to end because they're the evil doers, right? Mm-hmm. Evil doers. Yeah. That's somebody's little phrase, but, um, <laughs> it should be interesting. Um, in the next seven, it's seven episodes, the third part. Eight. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm bad with numbers. I'm bad with names, locations. You know, surprising I get to work every day. <laughs> but anyway, I know what to do when I get there, at least. That's that's kind of my takeaway from the whole thing. But there was just so much going on. It's really, really hard to, you know, nail it down to just one aspect. Because you yeah. think and remember something, think and remember something. And then like, oh, my God, that's right. That happened. That happened. So like the junkyard scene. I, I witnessed it. I watched it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it just didn't come to my mind when I was thinking yeah. of moments. Yeah. But, uh-huh. And then uh, I guess your turn. What did you learn? Well, what I learned was to never underestimate people. And I say that in Lance Hornsby's shoes, right? It's like he underestimated Maggie, Daryl, Aaron, Father Gabriel, underestimated all of them. Because they survived. And I don't yeah. think he thought thought that they would. But you think, so do you think that he thinks he's um, better than he is in some way to be able to manipulate or? I think he feels that he has the power. And mm-hmm. yes, of course, he thinks he can manipulate them. But I am like power of the people, man. That's why I think that something's going to happen at the Commonwealth, too. I really think. We already talked about this. Putting out that paper is going to start something. People oh, yeah. are going to start yeah. rallying and things are going to change. So that's why I'm saying it's like, just don't underestimate. A, pow- a person can have a lot more power than you think they have. You get enough of those people banning together and then change can happen. So anyway, so I say yeah. never underestimate people. And what I hope to see is, of course, I'm looking forward to our group prevailing and I want the bad guys gone and I want our group getting some relief. And the big picture, the big, huge picture is I want to see Rick. I want to see Michonne. I want to see oh, them in a happy family with with their kids. I want to see the movies. I, I just want, and I want everybody, all of our people, I want them all to be in a safe, safer place. If they can't be out of this whole zombie apocalypse, I just want them to be in a safer place for them. So. Mm-hmm. That's what I want, or I'm hoping to see. All right, Margaret, that wraps up our conversation on The Walking Dead. So tell me, what else are you currently watching? So I have one of those streaming multi-channel apps, which is called Philo. It's out of San Francisco, and it's the cheapest one I've found, actually. (laughs) It's better than Sling. Sling was like, ugh. And then um, I think I tried another one, but I found Philo, and they show that one of the channels, I don't read, it's over a hundred channels. I don't see them all, obviously, but one of the, the channels that they have is Lifetime. So an older show, which I don't know if you've ever watched it, but um, it's called The Closer. And it's got Kira Sedgwick married to Kevin Bacon, but uh, she, she plays a Southern chief of the, like the homicide department and they bring her in from Atlanta. She was like an FBI person. And then they offered her this job out in LA. And so she's, you know, has moved from the South to LA and it's just 
the cast of characters, all of the people, the detectives, the uh, relationships, the murders, just everything is just so funny in a very dry kind of flat way. And you get your older detectives and then you get a, a couple new up and younger guys. And it's just, I just, I laugh hysterically through this whole thing. It's kind of like modern family. I started watching that reruns after it was done, you know, pretty much showing. And I just die laughing because it's just, it's this physical comedy, this physical humor, plus the juxtaposition of the topics that they're talking about and what's going on. And it's just, it's just very creative. So I really love that show. I can watch that show. I've seen all the episodes. I think, you know, it has, I don't know, eight seasons, something like that. And then it kicks into another, a spinoff. Um, and then Home Economics, which is on ABC. It's a current comedy. And it's just, it's three siblings. One's a writer. One's a very, very successful businessman. The other, the sister who is in the middle, she's a teacher. She lives in the city with her partner and their two adopted kids. And then the rich guy lives in Marin County, probably. And then the other guy lives probably up or the East Bay. I'm not really sure where he lives. But um, it's just their relationships, the the conversations they have, the things that come up and just the, you know, it's just funny. It's just a funny kind of family comedy. And then the other one, which is, I kind of fell into, it looked interesting because I saw the previews was that 61st street on um, AMC and it was right after Mm -hmm. the walking dead. And I just thought, well, watch this. And you know, the thing about it is that it's, it's um, shot. I believe it's supposed to be based in Chicago. So it's all of that angst, all that black versus white, the police versus the, you know, the citizens and drug deals and all this kind of stuff and how this one kid gets set up. It's just wrong place, wrong time. And um, so it's only been the one episode, but it's, it looks interesting. And I didn't know how I would respond to it just because it is so um, palpable, the, the, you know, the negativity and the racism and just the whole corruption um, in the police department. So I don't know. It, it, I think it's going to be a good, a good, uh, show. And then as far as movies go, man, I see there's so much on TV to watch, but they're, you know, when you've seen it all, there's slim pickings. So I started watching older stuff. Then I found this movie, Small Town Crimes, which is on, or Crime, which is on Netflix from 2017. It's got a whole bunch of quirky characters in it. It's really about the, a, a guy, um, John Hawks. And Octavia Spencer's in it. Anthony Anderson is in it. And um, Robert Forrester, who I think has since died because this is yeah. 2017 it was made. I like him. I do too, but I like them all. Yeah, yeah. So this guy, this John Hawks guy, is he was a detective and then he screwed up and he's an alcoholic. And so he got kicked off. He's driving back from the bar and, and um, passes out in a field, wakes up, finds this girl who's almost dead. She's all bloody, beaten up in the middle of nowhere, takes her to the hospital. She ends up dying. And so that kind of puts him on this path of trying to figure out what, why, who, how, when, all that stuff. And it's just everything that he gets involved with. And it's drugs and it's, you know, prostitution and not him doing any of this stuff. But that's how this is all tied in together. Just fascinating. So that's that I thought it was a good, good investment of my time on Saturday. Oh, good. Well, that's good. uh, I know. So I saw previews for this Moon Knight thing. So what? What's the deal with that? Ooh, uh, it's kind of crazy. So it, it is Moon Knight on Disney Plus. It is a Marvel 
character. Mm-hmm. And so Oscar Isaac is yeah. in it. My favorite. And he plays, I know, that's why I'm telling you. I so know. he plays Stephen Grant, a kind of a milk toast kind of guy who, who thinks he's sleep walking, but soon finds out that he has this alternate identity because oh. he has dissociative identity disorder. Yes. Okay. Did. He's got did. <laughs> <laughs> but so this uh, alternate identity is Mark Spector, who is a ruthless mercenary oh, okay. and who takes over his body. And oh. I actually think I actually think Mark Spector Specter is the main person. I've only seen two episodes because that is all that has been out. But this Mark Specter also is an avatar for the Egyptian moon god Khonshu. So, huh? Uh, you have to like kind of like jump in and go with it because so much is happening and so much you have to learn. And what I do like, though, we see it. From the perspective of the Stephen Grant character. So as he learns what is happening, we learn what's happening. Hmm. So uh, because he just ah. thinks he's this and he's he's also Brit. OK, so Stephen is British right. and Mark is an American. So they have, oh. so you can tell which is which by the the character, you know, the language. Uh-huh. Um, and also Ethan Hawke is in is in it. And I, mm-hmm. I believe he's, I guess, the bad guy. I'm not even sure if he's a bad oh, guy, but probably. he's kind of like in this cult like group and he leads them. So I'm just starting to get to know this. I'm sure there are so many people who know my son knew who Moon Knight was. He came in and is like t- telling me left and right. Oh, this is this. This is that. And I was trying to keep up. I'm like, OK, OK. So it is funny. It's high energy. It's well acted. Huh. Um, you know, Oscar Isaac is is so charming. And so uh, it, it's it's been good so far, but oh, only good. two episodes in. I also saw Death on the Nile HBO Max. This is Kenneth Branagh. He's an actor in it, and I believe he directed it. Gal Gadot is in it. Gal Gadot. Wonder Woman. Yes, <laughs> Wonder Woman. <laughs> uh, Annette Benning and more. And it's basically a crime mystery thriller. Two mm-hmm. honeymooners board a glamorous river steamer, and the honeymoon is cut short. And uh, the this Belgian sleuth, played by Brana, investigates a murder and as each suspect begins to die. And so it's fun. It's a little predictable, but it's, you know, it's well made. So it was uh, entertaining, entertaining for a oh, Saturday good. night movie. Oh, yeah. good. All right, Margaret. Thank you again for your insights on The Walking Dead. I just love them. And I appreciate your recommendation. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Like Chick-fil-A, my pleasure. (laughs) That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens and Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. This will help other listeners find us. We'll be releasing a new episode next week. The next show will be on Fear the Walking Dead. (laughs) You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.